Ehui, hello! My name is Deborah. I'm a writer who loves all things money. I'm Hui Yu, and I'm a financial advisor who wants to help you fall in love with money. And you're listening to Good Girls Talk About Money, the monthly podcast where we talk about how you can build a clearer picture of your financial well-being and be more confident about money in general. Hi, hi, hi. <laughs> well. You seem to be in a daze, but apparently you had an emergency yesterday night. So you want to tell us about it? <laughs> okay, very quickly. Um, there's this cat that I'm fostering, yeah. and uh, the vet found out today that he has cancer in his liver. I'm so sorry to hear that. Oh uh, yes. So um, after this recording, I have to go down to the vet to bring him home mm. because she is thinking of putting him to sleep here, okay. which is less depressing than letting him go at the yeah. vet. So yes, that is my day for you. Okay. How, how is your day? I hope it's better. Well, uh, today isn't too bad, but I think I had a pretty hectic week. Yesterday, I had four phone calls back to back, and I thought that I could take the last phone call, say at a cafe near where I was going to meet a friend for dinner. But in the end, each phone call sort of like overran a little bit, and I was forced to take my last phone call of the day at home, and and I would not make it to my dinner place. In time, so I had to call the restaurant to to sort of reschedule our reservation to maybe half an hour later. And then I realized just before I left the house that the dog hasn't been walked, and he was giving me these like, you know, no one has taken me out on a walk yet. Faces. So tripping. Yeah. So I had to message my friend. I said, okay, I will just be about five minutes late because she was going to pick me up. Yeah. So I said, just just give me five minutes to take the dog down for a walk. Took him down just for him to pee, not really for a walk, right? Took him back home, and he was like, "Wait a minute! Like there was no walk." And when I left the house, I could hear him barking very angrily at home, and he usually doesn't bark when we leave the house. So, yeah, that, but it was super hectic because in the lift, I was just like, so hectic suddenly. But I guess it's a kind of good hectic because I like it when work is hectic, is fulfilling, and it's challenging. So I. I feel tired, but at the same time, I feel quite energized as well. Okay, just in case uh, listeners out there haven't realized, Deborah Tan is a workaholic. Don't say that. Everyone says that about me. It is Come true. On. For those who don't know her, she's a workaholic. Yeah, <laughs> you heard it from me. Anyway, talking about being a workaholic, right? Today's topic is about again how to work our money harder, and I think the common thing that I'm facing when I'm talking to friends about our podcast. It's like first thing you ask. Oh, so how do I start investing in the stock market? Mm. Okay, um, fair enough, a question, but that's not what we're going to tackle today. We're going to tackle something a little bit more basic, just by um understanding, I guess, some of the terms that are commonly used when it comes to investing your money in stocks and shares, and then um, basically maybe in another episode, the new year, maybe we can talk about how we can start investing in the stock market. Maybe we'll get an expert from a I don't know one of the stock exchanges exchange apps. That is so hot right now to yep. come on the show. I don't know. If you know anyone who would like to be interviewed by good girls, let us know. But anyway, back to today's topic. So, wait, you know, every time we talk about like putting money into IFAS, buying, you know, certain funds and things like that, right? Yep. I just know that I'm buying into a fund. Yep. Okay, but what fund? Like, what, where is the fun in all the funds? But anyway, I digress. So, I just want to clear up some terms like we hear very often 
about mm-hmm. investing. And maybe you're the best person to sort of educate us a little bit in this. So my first question is, right, there are mutual funds, there are hedge funds, there are index funds, and there's, there's exchange-traded funds as well. How are they different? Okay, before I begin, mm-hmm. uh, disclaimer. Again, this is not financial advice. <laughs> yes. Uh, there, are, um, there are some funds or some uh, products that I am more familiar with mm-hmm. simply because I am licensed mm-hmm. to uh, give advice on them. There are many others that I'm not so familiar with. So for, for those, right, I will be very upfront as well. Mm. Please do your own research and your own due diligence before you pump any money into any investments. Yeah. Okay. So, okay, here I go. Just now, Debs mentioned a few different types of funds. Yeah. Mutual funds, hedge funds, index funds, uh, exchange traded funds or ETFs for short. Let me start with, uh, Mutual funds, yep. since that is the one that I am most familiar with. Singapore being a very sophisticated financial hub, we have access to many different fund houses. And in each fund house, they have their own offering. Okay, So for example, you would have heard of the very common, like even on MRT, right? there mm. are ads like Aberdeen, JP Morgan, uh, Deutsche. These Fidelity. Are the, uh, Fidelity, exactly. So these are the very common and very big fund houses that mm. we have in Singapore. Each fund house will have their own um, range of funds. Yep. It could be a country fund, it could be a sector fund, it could mm. be an industry fund. So yep. for example, you could have funds in investing in China, in US, in like US small cap, mm. US large cap, um, in Asia, in Southeast yep. Asia, like anything you name it, they have it. Mm. Okay. Uh, industries like tech, healthcare, next generation, future tech. Yeah. These days, the terms are getting fancier and fancier. Mm. Okay, but in a nutshell, mutual funds are also used interchangeably with a uh, unit trust. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. They mean the same thing. Okay, they refer to the same thing. Yeah, unit trust equals mutual funds. What it means is, instead of buying one particular company, yeah, you are buying a basket of companies. Mm. So, for example, um, if you're buying a, a Singapore fund, instead of buying just, let's say, DBS share, mm. you could be buying a basket of Singapore shares. Yep. You could have uh, DBS, Singtel, SGX, um, SIA. It all depends on what the fund manager chooses mm. to put into that basket. Okay. Does it make sense so far? Yeah. Yes, right? Okay. Yes. So, a share is a share of one company. Mm. A mutual fund is a basket of shares. Then, when we talk about exchange-traded funds, yeah, how is... But exchange-traded funds is also a basket of shares or a basket of companies. So how, how, how are they different from then mutual funds? Okay, um, the first difference, okay, this is, this is the, the disclaimer. Mm. I, I personally don't have any ETFs. Yep. Okay? I, I don't, I'm not licensed to trade in ETFs. Mm. I personally don't buy the ETFs. So, Whatever I say is just the very layman knowledge that I yep. know. Mm-hmm. Okay. ETFs, yes, you are tracking uh, an index. Yep. For example, if you buy the S&P 500 ETF, mm. for example, you're buying the index of those 500 companies in, in S&P. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, the key difference that I know of is that instead of buying from a platform mm. or a fund house, you can buy it directly from your stock exchange. Okay. Okay. So, yep. if, for example, uh, in Singapore, right, we have this thing called the CDP account. Yep. 
if I want to buy Singtel shares, mm. okay, I go to the, I, I first need to open a CDP account. Yeah. Then I, I open an account with a brokerage firm. Mm. Let's say like Maybank Kim Eng or like Tiger Brokers. I mean, these days there are so many lah. Mm. Philip Capital. You need these two things. Uh, CDP account and your brokerage firm account in order to buy the share from the platform. Yeah. This is the same way that you buy the ETF. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Deborah's laughing because there's the, suddenly a motorbike very loudly <laughs> behind us. Don't know from where. <laughs> so basically, yes, you are buying a... You're not really buying a basket of companies. You're buying the index. Okay. It's, it is very, very similar. Yeah. But let's just say there is no selection. Mm. Okay. You're basically tracking all 500. Let's okay. say S&P 500. Lah. Yeah. Okay. Whereas for a mutual fund, there is slightly more curation. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Okay, because the fund manager selects, basically he or she, the fund manager, yeah. will do their own research mm. into which companies are profitable, then they buy into the funds. So there is a fund manager doing the curation and the selection. Whereas for an ETF, it's just an index. So basically in a mutual fund, that's why you get like those annual reports telling you like we have dropped certain companies companies when we've added we have onboarded yeah other companies we yeah. have reoptimized the way money is being invested exactly and stuff like that exactly. okay okay got it okay so and how about hedge funds and index funds okay okay so we touched on mutual funds we touched mm. on uh, etfs now we move on to hedge funds mm. hedge funds typically are uh, accessible to your high higher network clients mm. okay because the barrier to entry is pretty high. Mm-hmm. Uh, previously, okay, if I'm not mistaken, you needed at least 200,000 in order to enter. And of course, not, not every man on the street has that 200,000 of spare cash. I certainly don't, but okay. <laughs> and the, the sales pitch of um, mm. hedge funds, yep. in order to attract this amount of money, right, is that they will never lose money. Mm. Okay, which, is, which sounds very, very attractive. Wow, okay. okay. Um, from what I know, how they do that, right, is they sometimes employ this strategy called short selling. Okay. Basically, uh, okay, if, okay, this is a very simple uh, analogy. Uh, if you were to buy a Singtel share and the Singtel share goes up, yeah. you make money. Yeah. Okay, make sense so far? Mm-hmm. If the Singtel share comes down, you lose money, right? Yes. Okay. But for hedge funds, they have access to, to this tool called short selling. Uh-huh. So they are, they are able to short sell, short sell, short sell and still make money as the stock is losing its value. Okay? Yep. So technically, regardless of whether the price of the company goes up or down, mm-hmm. they will still profit. Okay. okay so this is the, the theory yep. of, what, of how hedge funds always manage to make money regardless of market conditions. But you just need a lot of money to participate in, in one Definitely. But um, in drastic market conditions, like in 08, when we yeah. had the subprime crisis, yeah. last year when we had COVID, right? Mm. These very drastic conditions have proved that some hedge funds also lose money. So, I mean, what goes up must come down eventually, right? So, I, I, I mean, like, I don't know whether hedge funds always will earn you money, but surely they do have their ups and downs. I can't really speak for, for mm. that because I don't, I'm not invested in hedge yes, funds. That's true. It's beyond my reach <laughs> as well. So w- when I do, <laughs> I will update the podcast. Okay. And how about index funds? 
Index funds are very similar to ETFs. You yep. know, they track an index. Mm. Okay, so if you have an in um index of um okay S and P five hundred, you have your okay, S and P right. Mm. If you have a tech like US tech mm. index fund, then they will track the uh, maybe the large uh tech companies based in US. Yeah. If you have the small cap tech or like next generation tech, then they could be tracking the the more the newer tech companies like. Tesla, Spotify, Netflix. Okay, so they also track an index. Mm. Like I said, the, the key difference between that and say mutual fund, right, is that there isn't really curation or mm. a fund manager okay. to manage. Yeah. I would say it's very similar to ETFs. And in terms of risk, obviously then um I would think that anything you have to self-manage like index funds and exchange traded funds, are they risky? Because Sometimes when I read certain articles about like, oh, what are the best way to best ways to invest your money? Like S and P five hundred is always comes up as one of the ways that you should sort of like invest your money over the long term because I think Warren Buffett also buys the S and P five hundred. Uh, but 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 he's a very very savvy investor. Mm. I mean, he's very seasoned. Yeah, and he does a lot of research. I have a lot a lot of respect for that man. You know, he he really puts his money where he believes mm-hmm. in and he has done his due diligence. Yeah. Okay. Um, he doesn't, I, I don't think he tracks an index or he buys an index because mm-hmm. he buys specific companies. And mm-hmm. from his book, yep. okay, what he said uh, is that he even studies the management. Mm-hmm. So he has an understanding of the people wow. running the company before he decides to invest in that company. Okay. So that's what I mean by he really puts in a lot of research before he puts his money in. Effort, effort. Really a lot of effort. But then, you, he has access to like the C-suite level. Yeah, that's true. And has coffee with them. Be- I mean, not yeah. everyone has access mm. to like the C-suite of Singtel or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, okay, at this point, I will digress for a while mm. because something just came to mind. What, you made a lot of money? <laughs> Yesterday, I, uh, I had a call with okay. a guy. Yeah. Okay. Basically, he wants to get rich quick. Okay. Okay. I want to get rich quick too. <laughs> we all do. Okay. Um, and therefore, he wants to borrow money from the bank mm. in order to buy into crypto. Or he was asking me what other instruments are worthwhile putting his borrowed money into. So that was a major red flag. Because I told okay. him that basically you're, you're investing in money that you don't have. Mm-hmm. Okay. And According to him, in his country, he's not in Singapore right now. Yeah. Okay? In his country, the interest rate for that for that um, borrow will be eight mm. percent, which is pretty damn high. I mean, I told him that it's even higher than our mortgage interest rates. Yeah, it's- that means you you you've got to be really sure that whatever investment tools you put that money into has got to yield has got to yield eight percent and more eight percent and more in order for you to pay back the interest and make money. Thanks. I'm so glad you're able to get it so quickly. For the- yeah, for people who always say that Deborah is not a numbers person and that, you know, she cannot read data, you know, this is how I, I let the magic work sometimes, okay? <laughs> so, I'm seeing in like two seconds, Deb's got it. I spent about half an hour trying to make him see it, but he doesn't. Okay. Because he seems to think that um, crypto or some other investments can yield him a guaranteed 8% and more. I mean, if he if he has a sure bet and he knows which one to invest in that will give him that kind of return, please let me know, man. But like, 
yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm not here to pass a judgment whether, you know, his investment method works or not. But that's a, that's a pretty huge gamble you're taking, especially on borrowed money, I must say. Exactly. I, to me, when you want to leverage like that, mm. you need to be very sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and as I, as I dug deeper, he really wasn't. Okay. Uh, and in fact, he was hoping that I could tell him what could give him higher than 8%. Mm. Okay. And that's when I, I brought up the example of my dad, you know, mm. and the difference between investing and gambling. Yep. That you really do need to do a lot of research. Okay, Deborah Dunn is distracted now playing with, with my cat. I'm not. I'm just trying to show that as we are recording our podcast, <laughs> this cat is trying to sit on my laptop as all cats seem to do. But okay. yes, let's move on to the next question. Maybe. So like, you know, um, you're a financial advisor. So from what you've just said, I'm assuming that the fund, the type of funds that you usually work with would be mutual funds? Yes. Okay. Another disclaimer here. Today is about disclaimers. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I, I want to say that I am aware that there are many black sheep in my industry, mm. you know, and for short gain, right, short-term gains, I have seen or I have heard of many financial advisors who persuade their clients to take a lot of unnecessary risk mm -hmm. without highlighting the risk to the clients and therefore yep. resulting in clients losing a lot of money. Yep. Um, okay, coming back to Deborah's question. The type of investment that I'm most familiar with is mutual fund. Mm. But that said, mutual funds are also subject to market volatility. Mm. Okay. It, it goes up and it comes down. Let's say COVID, right? Last year, most mutual funds were down together mm. with the general market. Yep. Okay. Um, so yes, to answer your question, the type of fund that I usually work with is mutual funds. get confused sometimes um, about some of the investment terms that get bandied about, right? And like, do they mean entirely different things, you know? So for start, are stocks and shares the same thing or do they mean different things? Same, same. So they essentially mean... <laughs> so unimpressed, no, same, same. <laughs> yeah, it's the same. It's like how... Okay, I don't understand why sometimes there are different terms for the same things like mutual funds and uh, unit trusts. Mm. Stocks and shares are used interchangeably as well. Okay. So if you buy a Singtel share, you buy a Singtel stock, mm. pretty much means the same thing. Okay. And then what about bonds and equities? Okay, this is very different. Mm. Okay. Um, equities are like stocks and shares. Mm -hmm. So once again, those can be used interchangeably. Yeah. Okay. Um, if you buy equities, you are basically buying shares or stocks. Okay, so far? Mm -hmm. Make sense? Yes. Okay. However, for bonds... Is pretty much an IOU. Yeah. Okay. For example, if a company wants to issue bonds from the public, okay, or to the public, basically it's the company wanting to borrow money from the public. Mm. And in return, they will um, promise, but it's not a guarantee, okay? They, they promise a certain uh, interest that mm. they will give to you yep. at the end of the, the borrow period. Mm. Okay. So same thing when, when governments issue bonds, it's also governments wanting to borrow money from the public. Yep. Uh, and in return, they will give you a certain interest. Okay. So as an average investor, right, or somebody who may be thinking of um, 
going into these more slightly sophisticated ways of investing rather than just, I don't know, um, pouring money into ILPs, for example, right? Mm. How can, I mean, I'm seeing on my, you know, at those, um, the void decks, they have these billboards, the di- digital ad TV screens these days. Mm-hmm. And I keep seeing like, you know, ad- advertising for a certain stock uh, platform. And it's, a, it's basically a, a trading app right mm-hmm. so do you have any advice on how people should get started it's so easy these days you just download these apps set up an account and off you go buying tesla apple you know um Heidi Lau shares for example right so what is your advice on how someone can get started without i don't know getting burnt or losing too much money and or at least optimizing the way they invest in these apps I think for me, it doesn't really matter which app you use or mm. which platform you use. Okay. okay. Because the platform is just a, a way for you to buy that share, mm. the share of that company. Yep. Okay. And these days, the platform fees are very competitive. Mm. So it really doesn't matter which one you use. Okay. okay. Um, I would say pay more attention to which share you buy. Mm. And to do that, you really need to do a lot of your own due diligence yep. and your own research. If you want to be lazy about it, that is essentially gambling. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Right? I mean, you just, with, with not very, very much knowledge, you put your money in and you pray for the best. Yes, that's right. So that that's definition to me is like gambling. Yeah. Okay. I would say if you can read up as much as possible before you put in your money, mm-hmm. that would be great. Yep. But nothing is foolproof. Mm. You could have done a lot of research, but there may be unforeseen circumstances like COVID, mm. which strikes and affects the, the global market. So I okay, having, having invested for like the past, I don't know, more than a decade, right? Mm. I would say nothing is guaranteed. Be very, very careful Every time you yep. hear someone tell you that, hey, I can guarantee you 11% interest, mm. 9% interest. Yep. Okay. If it sounds too good to be true, mm. there probably is something wrong or something to question. Yep. In the market or in the economy, nothing is guaranteed. If you have a trusted advisor, speak to your advisor. Mm-hmm. If you have periodicals that you read, magazines, I don't know, like anything, you know, there's yep. so much information out there right now. If you can equip yourself with, with as much knowledge as possible, I find okay something that I find very dangerous, and this this reminds me of a conversation that I had with my mom yesterday, which is market like literally like like pasamalam talk <laughs> or coffee shop talk, yeah, where the aunties or the taxi drivers will tell you things like, "Wow, you know these days ah, you buy property ah, sure win ah, sure make money." This okay, talk like that is very very dangerous. Yeah. Because I mean, you see a lot right. of these Hong Kong drama series as well where all the market, like, uncle aunties, they would get around and, like, give each other, like, the quotes, the numbers of the stock market and then they would go and buy and they would watch the TV. Yeah, so, uh, yeah back then. Not back yeah, then, yeah, that kind of thing, right? Yeah. I mean, so, so be very careful because it's very tempting, you know, mm. and, and we FOMO, right? Yeah. When your friends tell you this and enough friends repeat the same thing, and then you wonder like, hey, you know, maybe I should since like 10, 10 of my friends are buying yep. into this. Um, this herd mentality 
mm. is very, very dangerous. Mm. Okay. Um, once again, if you have someone you trust, like an advisor, speak to an advisor. Yeah. And also question where the advisor's information comes from. Do you think that if let's say I were to start buying my own, like, you know, investing in, in stocks using a trading app and things like that, right? I don't know. Sometimes I did try. I have tried for like a very short period of time. And I find that it was impossible for me to adopt that whole time in the market um, method rather than, you know, and I was constantly trying to time the market. Mm. You know, like mm. the moment, say for instance, Coca-Cola shares are up, then, you know, reflects, out of reflex, you feel like you need to buy Coca-Cola mm. like shares because the price seems to be going up. But actually, if you think about it, that's the worst time to be buying something because the price is going up. But when prices are down, you're thinking, wait a minute, the market is not performing too well. Should I even pour money into this investment? And, you know, so it's, it's very hard to guard against your own human nature, I mm. would say, right? So I think let's take the opportunity. Um, perhaps we can invite you to send us some questions that you may have about how do you actually use, you know, what, what, what's the mentality that you should go in with or any questions that you may have around investing in stocks and shares. And if we do gather enough interesting questions, perhaps we will invite an expert in such a market, you know, to, to in such an investment um, tool to give us more, to give us a more deeper insight and better education around this. And yeah, with that, we're going to December next month. And because it's December and everyone's on holiday mood, we are also going to be in a holiday mood. Merry and Christmas! We will take a break uh, for a month and we'll be back in January 2022. 2022. In the meantime, Merry Christmas yeah. and Happy New Year! Happy New Year!